0: Praise God. Hey, we have a lot of fun here at Excite, isn't it good, eh? Yeah. Praise God. We break all the norms, that's good. Hallelujah. I like that. God does that to us. Yeah. Stirs us up. Awesome. Yeah. Ka te atua, katangate ihu kariti, katangate wairu tapu. Katangite huki aho, tihewa moldi aura. Yeah. God cries out Jesus cries out the Holy Spirit cries I cry also to awaken to awaken and even the siren down the road is crying out awaken just Jesus what a wonderful subject I wonder this morning is he your portion is he your life? It's good to come here to excite and have some real good phanongatanga fellowship. John, the aged apostle, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, he said in First John, he said, truly our fellowship, our phanongatanga, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That is awesome. We have fellowship with him. We're one with him and one with our Father as we're recipients of his grace, his favor, his blessing in our lives. You know, God speaks to me. I know he speaks to you. He speaks to everybody. Do you know, I love to do jigsaw puzzles. Yesterday, I had, uh, Ruth had bought me a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle, and we did the hungies yesterday, and quite a few of the parents came to help, which was good, and they brought their kids along, which was great, and my jigsaw puzzle was half done out on the table, and the kids just loved that, because they got in, and they, they just um, mixed it up a little bit. <laughs> and I thought, that's, that's what God's been saying to me, because the day before, He'd been speaking to me. I often go down the stone store and have a courtyard with my Heavenly Father, and uh, he been speaking to me about Paul you just love you love to do jigsaws you love to get everything right in life you love to put all the pieces where they should go but sometimes i love just to mess it up a little bit yeah yeah sometimes his ways are so much more higher than our ways and and we need to we need to just chill for a moment take a chill pill and uh, he gave me this vision of of a father and he had a son there, you know, TNA son, and the hair was all like done, you know, mohawk, all perfect. And the father come down and reached down and he just ruffled his son's hair, you know. Yeah, hey, he son, you know. Goes, oh, dad, don't do that, don't do that. I want to get it all straight, you know. Ian wouldn't have that problem, that's right. <laughs> and that just showed me he really cares for me. He speaks to me that way, you see. He really loves us. He, he, he. he you might wonder that you're going through something in life and it's a little bit messed up and out of line, but he's just, he's just ruffling your feathers a little bit because he wants you to come into some greater things. He has wonderful plans for your life. And if you think that what you're enjoying now is all there is, there's far more. Come on. I believe that. Whew. I love his presence. And his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, it pleases forevermore. Now, I'm going to be uh, speaking today about Jesus' first miracle. And that was turning water into wine, wasn't it? And we're going to read that if we got it up there. I'm not sure if we got it up there. John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. I'm going to read it through. Hallelujah. I thought it said 21 there. No, it's 2 verse 1. So let's read that. If you got the word, let's read that together. You can see it up there. On the third day. You know, that's interesting, third day. Jesus rose again on the third day, didn't he? There was a wedding. That sounds like fun. A lot of joy there. Who likes weddings? Come on. God likes weddings. God instituted marriage. Sometimes we've uh, messed things up a little bit, and we actually, uh, today we're living in a society where we're not getting married and we're living together. But God's got something better. He's got covenant rather than contract. And he wants us to to be part of that. If you're not married and you're going to get married, hallelujah. If you're already married, praise God. You're in covenant relationship with God. And he's going to uh, hold up his end of the bargain. Glory to God. We look to him. I digress. No, I don't. The wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Funny, you got all these people at the wedding, and then it mentions first the mother of Jesus was there now both Jesus and his disciples were invited I would have thought they would have said Jesus and his disciples were there and, and then his mother but at any rate it's just the way it's maybe there's something important here about the mum and verse 3 uh, they were invited to the wedding and when they ran out of wine Perish the thought <coughs> the mother of Jesus said to him they have no wine that's that's terrible Wine in the Bible speaks of joy. Imagine going along to a wedding and there was no joy there. Imagine coming along to church and there was no joy or happiness and it was just, we're just sitting in all these pews and looking at one another and trying to be holy. Perish the thought. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Jesus, when he he, he said they have no wine, Jesus wasn't thinking of wine. He said his hour hadn't come. That's interesting, eh? There's something far greater than having just wine at a wedding. There's actually having the new wine, which is Jesus. Really, that's what I've titled my message this morning. Jesus is new wine. And he said, my hour has not come. Often through the Bible, through the New Testament, he said that. He was heading up to the cross to lay down his life for us so that we could enjoy the new wine, which was himself. And Jesus had that before him all the time. He always saw the other side of it. Everything in the nature. Sorry, I digress. You want me to just read through to the bottom, don't you? Sorry, I'm not going to do that. Ian's been messing it up this morning, so I'm just going to talk as we go through it, just to annoy us. (laughs) Everything in nature, when I go down the stone store in the morning, everything in nature has a voice to us and speaks. If people have never heard about God, God is speaking to them through nature. Everyone is spoken to by God, but some of them just don't hear Him because there's so much noise in their life. It's not that the voice of God is not loud enough, it's very loud, but other voices are louder still. Sometimes we need to come aside and just rest a bit with the Lord. Whatever he says to you, do it. Verse 6, Now there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing, containing 20 or 30 gallons of... They were, big, they were big water pots. 20 or 30 gallons each, that's huge. Just, just to give you an idea, you, you know what a, how big a 44-gallon drum is? If this was uh, 20 to 30 gallons... That's like over half to three quarters of a 44 gallon drum, and there's six of them. That's like when Jesus makes wine, there's like four 44 gallon drums full of wine. That's like 800 liters. That's like um, probably about 1,000 to 1,100 normal bottles of wine. That's a lot of joy. But that's the amount of joy that Jesus wants to give you in the spirit. Yeah. Don't just go to the natural stuff. <laughs> Any anyway, rate, so he wanted to fill them up to the brim, and he said to them, "Draw out now, uh, draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast." And the feast, and they took it. We'd call that the master of ceremonies, probably today. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast came, called the bridegroom, and he said to him, "Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine." And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior wine. You have kept the good wine until now. I wonder what that means. Maybe there's some good wine for us to have a drink of this morning. Yeah? This beginning of signs Jesus did. It's a sign, you see. Ah, there's a clue. It's a sign. Everything in the natural speaks of something in the spirit. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee... Galilee and manifested or revealed His glory, and His disciples believed on Him. Glory to God. What a wonderful story when Jesus turned water into wine, yeah? A great story. I wonder if you've got that wine on the inside of you. Jesus is the new wine. Is He your portion? Is He your strength? Is He your joy? Is He your song? He, You might be messed up. You might be tasting the, uh, the natural wine, But it doesn't last. There's something greater than that. The love of the Lord Jesus Christ that we've been hearing the children speak about this morning is better than wine. Enjoying his presence is better than the natural wine. Perhaps you've you've been going through life and it's a bit messed up and your focus is wrong because that's the first point today. I've got three points today in the message and they all start with the word, the letter. Sorry, F. No, that ain't. It's you It's the focus, is number one. <laughs> the focus, you see, it was not on Jesus at the start of this wedding. The focus wasn't on him. Not until there was a need. And in your life, maybe the focus hasn't been on Jesus. Maybe life's a bit messed up, and you've been trying to put it together like a jigsaw puzzle, and it hasn't been working, yes. And maybe it's because the focus is not on Jesus. Maybe your focus is on your car or your house or the whanau. And we need to pay attention to to our families. Maybe it's on other things. It might be on the net, on the TV, wherever it is. But God wants your focus to be on His Son. He wants you to enjoy the new wine of Jesus so that Just Jesus becomes your focus in life. So the focus is so important, what we're focused on in life. You may be full, but you're really empty. You're full of all these things that, like Solomon, he said in uh, in Proverbs, he said this statement, all the rivers run into the sea, and yet the sea isn't full. When I was a boy, the sea was still just the same height as when it is now. The waves still came up to the beach at the same height as they do now. And yet for the last 40, 50 years, the the rivers have been all running out into the ocean. But it doesn't get any filler. It's like our hearts is like the ocean. And we're putting all the rivers of pleasure into our heart. And we've been going along through life trying to work out where I'm going to get my satisfaction. And it's like the singer said, we can't get no satisfaction. Yeah? And he wants to give you joy. He wants to give you the new wine. So you're full, but you're empty. That's good. I hope there's a lot of people here that, that you're full, but you're empty. That's why we baptize people. Because there's a man that's too full of the things of this world and not yet satisfied, and he needs to be removed and buried so we can have Jesus. Yeah. And the miracle here was in the outpouring of the wine. Once it was poured out, God wants our lives to be poured out for a thirsty world. Yeah. Jesus' life was, life was poured out for a thirsty world. That's where his focus was because he said, my hour has not yet come. He was looking forward to the cross when he'd give his life. When he'd die, he'd be buried and rise again and be available for us to drink of him, the new wine. Yes? Yeah. Amen. They have no wine. The second point, first was the focus, now it's the faith. The faith of his mother. There's a reason why it said, first of all, that Mary, the mother of the Lord, was there because she was, it was her faith that was going to activate this miracle. She says, for 30 years, Jesus was 30 years old, same age as Nellie. Oh, no, she's 21, sorry. Sorry. Uh, 30 years old when he began his first miracle. And she had been watching him all along. Even before she conceived, the angel appeared and told him about the, she was going to have this baby whose name was going to be the son of the highest and he was going to sit on the throne of his father, David. He was going to be a mother. And she's watching this boy grow up. And, and, And if anyone knows anything, mothers are very discerning. And they can see what's going on. And she knew that this was some amazing kid she had. You know, we got some amazing kids up here. But this this boy was none less than the son of the living God. Yeah. Yeah. Just get comfortable. I can feel this taking a while. <laughs> Glory. So she 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 says to Jesus, what. They have no wine, and Jesus, he's looking ahead. He says, "Yeah, I know they've got no wine." He wasn't thinking of the natural. He thinks, "Mate, these are these people need me, but I've got to go to the cross so that I become available to them." And then Mary, Mary, after Jesus said, "What have I got to do with you?" She says to the servants, "She says, whatever he says to you, do it." She knows what's coming next. She's got faith. So we have the fake, fo- focus. Getting your focus right, but then having faith. Now, if, if, if you know what the Word of God says, where does faith come from? Something that I conjure up inside of me and try and believe more and more or try harder? No, faith doesn't even originate with us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Why do we teach the children, in, 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 the little ones, from the Word of God when they're young? So they can have faith because that's the source of faith. We hear God's Word. He speaks in our ear and suddenly miracles begin to happen. You need the new wine this morning. Jesus is that new wine. I might need a drink. um... So it's not that he doesn't talk to us. The focus, the faith. Now the third one. Brother, if you're still looking at the natural at your age, I've been preaching about 15 minutes and you're still looking at this water. But I'm a sharer and you can have a sip. <laughs> I'm just trying to share. I'm not, a, I'm not necessarily a preacher. I'm a sharer. Oh. <laughs> Okay, number three. Where were we before we got rudely interrupted? (laughs) The focus, the faith, and the third one is the fullness. This beginning of miracles, Jesus did and and, and revealed or manifested or showed forth his glory. That's the Shekinah glory. That's the glory of God in a man. That's that's who we receive when we receive Jesus, the glory of God in these earthen vessels. He lights us up. He is our life. John said in him is life, and that life is the light of men. If you want to get things in order, well, you can't do it. He's going to mess you up. You want to do your jigsaw puzzle of life, and you want to get it all perfect, and you know you've messed up. It's not the kids that come along. Sometimes you mess up. You're putting pieces in the wrong place. And he's going to come down. He's going to ruffle your hair a bit this morning because he wants you to enjoy the new wine. And he wants you to enjoy the fullness that there is in Jesus, his son. And was it John that said, of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. That's what last Sunday night was about, enjoying the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Something to get excited about. So it's important that we seek his presence, that we read his word, that we spend time with him, that we hear his voice. And he does speak to you. I know he's always with you. You say to me, he's always with me, because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake me. And that's true. He was with me before I even came to Christ when I was younger. Before I was born again, he was with me. But the question is, was I with him? Are you with him? Or are you just trying to get him to be with you? (laughs) In your pew. Hey, it rhymes, eh? That's good. Be with you in your pew. That's very good. That's a deep thought right there. Come on. Is there an amen in the house? Come on. Are you tracking with me here? Come on. I think some of them are going to sleep. That's why we don't have pews anymore. We've got individual chairs. So we can come and give them a shake now and then. You know, I was going down to the stone store yesterday to talk to the Lord. And as I was driving down, he had this beautiful sky. You know, he puts on this amazing red sky in the morning just for me, roundabout, just before the sun comes up, coffee in one hand, talking to the Lord in the other. And uh, yeah, it's amazing, the patterns, how it changes so quickly, and as I was talking to the Lord, it's like he's talking back through creation, you know? But then I heard his voice say, because I go down there and I feed the sparrows. I told him the other week about me sitting in my car and putting the, the food up for the sparrows, the bread, and then or holding it in my hand and, they ca- and how the God wants us to come nice and close like the sparrows do and, and have confidence in him and I was driving down there and uh, he said to me "He said to me, uh, Paul you remember how when you were younger sometimes he reminds us of some things he said you used to have the slug gun out on the farm and you used to go and shoot the little sparrows mm. Ooh. and I remembered it was a long time ago way before even Ian was born. <laughs> not, no, no, not a true story. And, uh, but he says, now I, I actually enjoy the way you feed the sparrows, Paul, that you're starting to appreciate the little birds even. And I remember that Jesus said to the disciples, you're of, your, your father feeds the sparrows. So he was feeding the sparrows, now I'm his son and I'm starting to learn how to feed the sparrows. And then Jesus said to the disciples, you're of more value than many sparrows. And then I feel very confident in my Father's love because he just draws near. I wonder if you're hearing his voice this morning. He's coming near to you. he's He's got some new wine for you, your heavenly Father. He has sent Jesus to be our Savior. Okay, Monday night we're in the men's group. And uh, in our life group. And I got asked this question. And it was quite a profound question because he said, because we're talking about God and in the beginning, and you know how God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil there. You know, many people have said, was that to tempt Adam? You know, he put the tree of life in the garden. And then he said, you can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God knows the end from the beginning. And you knew everything that he was happened. And the question in the life group was, Did God set man up? I think there's a lot of people in this world that think God set us up. And I was thinking, that's a good question. How do I answer this? And we must have talked for about 60 seconds. And then God spoke to me. Do you know what he said? This is in the life group. He said, no, I didn't set man up. Because a lot of people say, you know, what about God? They blame God, hey? Look at all the walls. Look at, look at the sex trade. Look at, look at ISIS. Look at, you know, where is God, this loving God? He's just setting us up. He's bigger than all of us. Did God set us up? And then the Spirit of God, why did it up? We dropped into my spirit. No, God didn't set us up. He set himself up. He set himself up. Jesus was the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Yes, God knows the end from the beginning, but he had already planned. Love had already planned to send a redeemer to redeem us, to buy us back to him. And at the cross, God was the son suffering for the sin of mankind. Why? He was the father, a loving father, infinitely loving, pouring out judgment on his son because of my sin. The Creator of all, who just spoke and brought galaxies into being, set himself up. He knew he was going to redeem. He knew he couldn't sit back and say, "Oh, blow you know, you've gone and mucked up, Adam and Eve, all the rest of you. You can just forget that." No, no, he, love didn't do that. We were never rejected by God. We we rejected Him. John chapter 1 says he was in the world. The world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own. That's Israel. His own nation. Who were in covenant relationship with him. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But then it says, but as, to m- as many as received him. And I want you to receive him. If you've never received Jesus this morning, I want you to be among these, this, this company of people. But as many as received him. To them gave he the right or the power to become the children of God, the sons of God. And you go, is that it? Is that all I've got to do? I've just got to receive Jesus, yes, as Lord of your life. In order to do that, you've got to repent, turn away from yourself. Repentance is not, you know, getting down and kneeling down here and weeping for 5 hours or 5 weeks or 5 months it's about having a change of heart a change of mind no longer living from here but looking to the creator the, the the original source of all life and glory so that you receive Jesus as lord of your life you can't be schizophrenic or have a dual personality and have some of you and some of him that's why we're going to go and bury some of these people later on today in the waters of baptism So there's no competition with Jesus. God wants you to have the new wine. Jesus is the new wine. He wants you to have eternal life. He is eternal life. That's a good word right there. But it's better felt than tapped. It's better received. I know. I know you like a wine. I, I don't mind a wine now and then. But there's something better. That's why the Bible says, "Don't be filled with wine." but be filled with the Spirit, the Tapu. the very life of God. When we receive Jesus, we have it all, all that we we ever need. No matter how, how much time you spend on listening to all those voices, trying to sort your own life out, you'll never do it. You might as well just give up now and receive and have a good drink, a good long drink of the new wine this morning.